Well, good morning, IFC. How's everybody doing today? Hey, happy holiday weekend. You came to church. Thank you for showing up. Would you make some noise for all of our friends that didn't come to church today? We love you anyways. Thank you for worshiping with us. Many of you watching around the world, thank you for taking time out of your day. We believe that you're going to be blessed. Hey, we have some very special guests in the house, Gina and Seth Putnam. Would you please stand? Give our love. They were on staff here for many years. Come on, make some noise. Welcome home. So good to see you guys. Seth was our worship pastor for many, many years, and uh, they live in Colorado now. He's at New Life. So good to see you. Welcome back to Boston. Hey, I have, if I haven't met you, my name is Josh Roberts. I'm the lead pastor here at IFC. And on behalf of me and my wife and our team, hey, we want to just say it like we always say it. Welcome home. If you're a guest with us, we're going to be in the foyer after the service. We'd love to greet you and say thank you for coming. Hey, can I pray for you? Yes. Did you come ready today? Yes. Listen, my voice has been a little scratchy, so I'm going to need y'all's help today. Did you come ready today? Yes. IFC youth, did y'all come ready today? That's what I thought. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for each and every family, every individual that's in this house. Lord, I thank you for those watching today online, those that are going to hear this podcast later. We open up our hearts to you. We ask you to speak to us, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place. Lord, give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to receive. Lord, I ask you to give me boldness and strength specifically in my voice today as I declare your word. Lord, I thank you as your word goes forth that freedom takes place in our minds, that freedom takes place in our souls, that it takes place in our spirit. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in this house today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you've been here the last few weeks or watching online, we've been talking about taking care of our souls. Everybody say our souls. And we've been specifically talking about the, the need for resilience. You know, as we come out of a pandemic and as a church, as we navigate some difficult seasons, we are anchoring ourselves, our, our spirits, our souls, and our mind to God's word like never before. And I want to challenge you this. Maybe this last season has been crazy. Maybe it's been disruptive. And maybe the enemy has been on the prowl in your life. You're still alive. You're still breathing. And God's not done yet. And everybody said... Amen. The same spirit that raised God, Jesus from the dead, is alive and active in us. And I just want to remind you today, he's still working. And we've been talking specifically about our soul health. We've been talking about our spirit man and strengthening our spirit man. Would you make some noise for Pastor Tom? The last two weeks brought amazing words. Thank you for your faithfulness to the word. Thank you for always bringing us meat and milk. And if you weren't here the last two weeks, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the messages. He brought a strong word about the promises of God that are available to us. And today I want to wrap this series up. I want to transition next week. We're going to have a great back to school Sunday and it's going to be awesome. But I want to go back today and do a little recap. And then at the end of the service, I want to give you one more nugget and then we're going to finish uh, this time together with some more worship. Third John chapter 2 out of the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, is kind of the key text we've been using for the last four weeks. And he says, Beloved, I pray that in all, everybody say all, all. that in all respects you may prosper, everybody say prosper, prosper, 
God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be in good health just as your soul prospers. He says, I know you're taking care of your bodies. I see you going to the gym, but make sure that your soul prospers and that you take care as much of your soul as you do your physical body. The NLT says, dear friend, you know you're in trouble when he says, dear friend, like he's buttering you up. Hey, buddy. He said, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in your body as you are strong in your, in your spirit. We've been talking about the, the, the necessity to make sure that our souls are healthy so that our spirits can be strong. And if you've been attending for the last few weeks or even the last few months, to be honest with you, I've been harping about this idea and this reality that you are a three-part being. Everybody say, I am, I am. a three-part being. Three being. Say, I am, I am. a supernatural being. Supernatural. Say this, say, I have a spirit. I am a spirit. I, a spirit. I, have, a soul, I have a soul. And I live in this beautiful body. Some of y'all laughing. You need to tell yourself that more often. You need to tell yourself you're good looking. People like you. You're smart, man. People want to be around you. Some of us, we've been listening too much to what other people have telling us, and we've got negative self-image. You've got to revive yourself with your own words. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself, I don't look good, I don't feel good, but I am good because I am in Him. Y'all are laughing. Some of this is just basic realities of how do you get where you want to be in your life. You see it with your eyes and you speak it with your mouth. We've been talking about a, a spirit, spirit being, that has a soul and then operates for this time on this earth in a physical body. And we've designed our, de defined our soul as three things. It's your mind, it's your thought life, it's your will, it's your choices, and it's your emotions. Your, your, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I love how Pastor Tom broke this down. He made it a little bit simpler. He said, your soul is your thinker. It's your feeler and your chooser. And so if our soul is the responsibility of thinking, feeling, and choosing, it's important that our soul is connected to the Word and that our soul has been renewed by God's Word. Otherwise, you're going to think thoughts that are contrary to God's Word. You're going to feel feelings that other people want to impose on you, and you're going to make choices that aren't grounded and founded in God's Word. You're welcome. As a Christian... To keep our souls pure and to keep our souls healthy, we have to continually return to the well of life. We talked about this a few weeks ago. That The Lord said, man, I'm disappointed in the people of Israel because he said they've turned away from the well of life and they have dug cisterns of their own creation. I don't know about you, but I had created some cisterns during covid some coping mechanisms, some, some things that I wasn't ready to, 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 to divulge to everybody. But man, I was watching probably a little bit more TV than I should have. Scrolled a little bit more on Instagram than I needed to. Spending time having conversations that lead to nowhere. Every one of us right now, if you live in this world, you are in a comfort culture. The culture of today says, do whatever makes you feel good. Just be happy. Forget about everybody else. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's toxic for your soul. 
It will deteriorate your spirit, man. The Bible says that we get our strength and resilience from Jesus Christ, the everlasting living water, and only through him. So to keep our souls pure, to keep our souls healthy, we have to return to the well of life. Look at John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. Jesus said in red letters, he said, He who believes in me. How many of you believe in Jesus? He who believes in me, who cleaves to entrusts in and relies on me, as the scripture said, from his, from that person, from that believer's innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. He's saying there's only one life source for you as a believer. If you believe in me, then you're going to cling to me. Listen, he's saying it right now. If you believe in me, you're going to stay close to me. You're going to be in proximity to me. If you believe in me, then you have firm belief and you know that I'm reliable. He goes on to say, if you believe or whoever believes in me, they will actually depend upon me. They will utilize me and I will be their go-to. You want to know how toxic your soul is or how healthy your soul is? Look at your go-to's. When life gets tough, what do you go to when pressure is put on your life? And who do you go to when anxiety and fear set in? The truth is we can tell how, how, how healthy our souls and how well they're prospering by what we're feeding on. I got to be honest with you, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was going to the TV because we were home all day because I wanted to relax. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just like to put my sweatpants on and grab a glass of sweet tea and I want to sit down and I just want to click through the channels. And my wife would say, what do you watch? I said, nothing. I'm just clicking. I'm just watching. This is on. This is on. And all of a sudden, a task that used to decompress me and help me relax actually fired me up and got me more upset because of what I was seeing on TV. I had to turn off the TV for a season because I realized what I'm watching was toxifying my soul. It was causing me anguish and it was causing me anxiety in my mind, which was giving me crazy emotions, which was causing me to act out. Nobody else, just me, huh? How about y'all? Do y'all like to eat? I know we talk about food a lot in here, but man, I don't know. I ate a lot during COVID, man. You start going to the refrigerator for no reason other than you got nothing else to do all day. And you know you've been there too much when your wife says, honey, the same stuff that was in there 15 minutes ago is still in there. But yeah, you're rummaging through the snack closet looking for Triscuits or something. I don't even like Triscuits. Just hungry. We, we go to things that make us comfortable. And the truth is, is Jesus is saying, man, if you believe in me, he's talking to believers, if you believe in me, you'll stay close to me. You'll know that I'm reliable and I'll be your go-to. Jesus, the living water, has to be our greatest desire in times of weariness or we have the potential of feeding on something else, toxifying our souls and contaminating our spirits. For the last four weeks, we've been talking about the importance of living from a full soul. Everybody say full soul. And I like what John Eldred says. He says, our thirst to know God must be stronger than our thirst for anything else. 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 is a, a verse that I love, and, and I've used it with, with young people for 20-plus years ministering to students and college-age people. And the Scripture says, Those that are hungry and thirsty, they shall be filled. And I share it with young people because, man, everything is vying for your attention and everything around you is wanting to fill your life so you become like what they want you to. But the truth is, is there's a gap inside of us. Once we receive Jesus, there's this hole that can only be filled by Him. And the truth is, is if you desire Him and you have a hunger for Him, He'll fill you right where you're at. I said He'll fill you right where you're at. It doesn't have to be in church. I was, a, I was a student pastor in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I gave this beautiful altar call. Like, it was powerful. Like, I wanted to get saved. <laughs> the worship team was rocking it, and, and, and they, man, they were going on and on. And, and, and I was like, you know, is there anybody here today? You know, you turn your preacher voice on. Just one soul today. I know there's one soul. And I'm preaching, man, nobody's moving. And I'm like, oh, Really? I know how this works. I started calling people. I said, hey, bro, are you saved? I said, are you saved? He said, yes, sir, I am. I'm saved. Don't call me out. I said, how about you, young lady? I said, you saved Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life. Blood bought, paid with a price. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. And I got to this new guy in the front row. I said, dude, you saved? He said, heck no. I said, you want to be saved? Jesus want to save you. He said, I'm not interested. And I said, man, you can call on the name of the Lord anytime you want. Don't have to be here tonight. Don't be pressured by me. I said, he'll fill those that are hungry. You know, that man came to church two weeks later. He said, can I talk to you? I said, yes, sir. He said, I got saved on the toilet, man. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you told me I could call out on the name. You said if I was hungry, he would fill me. He said, man, the other night, he said, I was on the toilet. And I just said, Lord, if you're real, come. He said, something happened in my bathroom, man. God changed my life. That's a true story. That young man got radically saved. You're laughing. That's how big our God is. If you'll make room for him in your daily life, he'll show up. That young man, I, I got to be honest with you, he became so pumped. He got so touched by God. He'd come to youth every single week. And he'd sow in the offering. I don't know why I'm telling you the story. He got so consumed with God's presence. He said, man, I have all these dreams and desires. I said, whatever, whatever you have in your heart, the Lord will bring them to pass. That young man took a hold of the tithing message. He told me, he said, I'm tithing because I'm going to honor God. He said, I want to buy a Corvette. And I was like, so do I, brother. Who don't? And he said, I'm going to believe God. He said, you watch. He said, God's going to bless me with a Corvette. Two years went by. It was my last Saturday. It was a Sunday night youth service. I was actually handing the service off to Stephanie. And that young man pulled up in a brand new Corvette. And he said, look what the Lord has done. It was a young man who took the word at his word, took Jesus at his word. If you're hungry and you're thirsty and if you'll make room for me in, my, in your life, I'll change you and I will fill you up. John was saying, and he said, we must thirst to know God must be stronger than any other thirst in our life. This is a message. I had a lot of people come up after first service and saying, thank you for the message. And I, I told them, and I'll tell you this right now at the beginning, like this is a message I'm preaching to myself. 
This is something that Steph and I are walking out in our own life with, with our family to make sure that, that we're in the right place in our minds. That we're aligned with the word in our thinker, our feeler, and our chooser. And so if I feel passionate or you feel the passion today, it's because this is where I'm living. This week I was reading some more John Eldritch's work. This series started was out of his book, Resilient. But John wrote a blog in June and he said a few things I want to share with you today. He said, first he said, to make room for God to fill the vessel of your soul. We have to begin moving out some of the unnecessary clutter that continually accumulates in there like a junk drawer in your kitchen. Who's got a junk drawer in your kitchen? Proud man right here. We got lots of junk in there. What's in there? There's a tape measure in there. There's like Chick-fil-A sauce packets in there. There's like some straws from Wendy's. Why are we keeping Wendy's straws in a drawer next to a roll of duct tape? What is it? It's stuff that you accumulate right over the day. And when you get home, you empty your pockets and you put it on the counter. And you're like, I, I should keep those straws from Wendy's. They, we might need those sometime. And then you come home and the straws and Wendy's are gone. You're like, baby, where'd you put those straws? Those are important. You see, I put them in the junk drawer. How about those keys that you laid on the counter? And you're looking for the keys later that go to the shed that you never open. And you're like, where'd they go? And your wife's like, it's in the junk drawer. I mean, every one of us has a junk drawer. We put stuff in there that we don't want to carry. Some of y'all don't have a junk drawer. You got a whole Chester drawer, like the top drawer of your Jesser. Y'all are laughing. There's makeup in there. There's pictures of your wedding in there. Like, why are wedding pictures in the junk drawer? I don't know. They're on the counter. Just put them in there. Every one of us has clutter in our life. Maybe yours isn't a junk drawer. Maybe it's just your car. Your glove box. You open it up looking for the registration after you've been pulled over. Excuse me, officer, just a second. I don't know why all this stuff's in here. Who put all this stuff in here? Where's the registration? Honey, I just need the insurance. Hurry, hurry, hurry. We all accumulate stuff, and the truth is, is our souls accumulate stuff like a magnet. Your soul pulls in thoughts. It pulls in feelings. It pulls in pain, hurt, emotions. It reminds you of images and memories, and every one of us has junk attached to our soul. St. Augustine said it this way. He said, we must empty ourselves of all that fills us so that we may be filled with what we are empty of. Before there can be room for God to move in, some of you have to have some stuff move out. We have three little kids, and I remember with each kid came a need for space. Like we had an empty room in the house, but it wasn't the baby's room yet. It was just that room with tons of junk. We called it the guest room. And we were embarrassed when guests showed up. Like, I'm sorry, all this stuff is in here. I, I don't know where all these Amazon boxes came from. You're constantly the day before they come. Honey, we got to clean all that stuff out of the room. Your parents are coming. Y'all laughing at me like, like this ain't your life. Maybe it ain't your guest room, but it's your hall closet or it's your bathroom closet. He just puts stuff in there. And the truth is, is before you can invite someone to come in, for many of us, we have to start with step one, and that means we have to clear some junk out. Over time, John continues to say, he said, I found no better practice, listen to this, there's no better practice to help me clear the clutter of my soul than the practice of benevolent detachment. 
Would you say that with me? Say benevolent detachment. It's the ability to let go of something or to walk away from something. And I'm not talking about necessarily physically, but we're talking about letting go of things emotionally or soulfully. Benevolent attachment is about aiming to release or turning our cares and our worries into the hands of God the Father and whatever you have burden in you that you would leave it there. If one of us have baggage, we have stuff. I was thinking about Hunter, my eight-year-old, and he's got this monster backpack. Like, I don't know why anybody needs a backpack this big. He's eight. How much stuff do you need to take to school? During the summer, he was coming up here to the church with us. And I noticed at the beginning of the summer, the backpack had just a few things. It had like a teddy bear, a stuffy. It had a bottle of water, and it had his lunch box, and then it had a little coloring box with, you know, his colored pencils and, and a coloring book, and that's all he was bringing. He'd come to church, and he'd go upstairs, and some amazing people here would watch our kids during the summer. He would play and play and play, and then the next day, I'd see him loading extra stuff into his backpack. I'm like, what, what you putting in there? He's like, well, I, I, I put some snacks in there because I, I, that lunch mom fixed me, and I don't really like that food, so I, I put a, snacks in there. Don't tell mom. It's our secret pinky promise. I said, I won't tell her. And then I see him the next day, and he's in the playroom. I said, Hunter, get in the car. We're going to be late. Let's go. He's, I got to get some more stuff. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And I said, what are you getting? He's like, I got, I got, I got, I'm going to bring my library book today, and I'm going to bring my Bible, and then I, I want to bring a hat. In case we go outside, I want to have the hat on. I said, son, there's a bunch of stuff in there you don't need. And I noticed over the summer his backpack was getting heavier. Like you would hear him grunt when he would put it on. It was like, ah. And he was walking different where before he was walking to the car like this. Now he's walking to the car like this. <laughs> and the further the summer went on, I'd say, Hunter, get your stuff. Let's get in the car, man. We're late. He's still piling stuff in there. And the zipper won't close. Can you help me zip this? Can you help me zip in? I'm like, what, what's in here? Well, I brought Legos today and, and those Matchbox cars. And, and I want to play this game with the friends up there. It's just stuff. I said, bro, you, if you're going to pack it, you got to carry it. He said, Daddy, would, would you help me carry it? And I picked the thing up. It felt like he had bricks in the bottom of his backpack. And I said, Hunter, you don't need all this stuff. He said, but I do. But I do. Would you help me carry it? Benevolent detachment is about you taking stuff out that doesn't belong and releasing it to your heavenly father and say, I've been carrying this for so long, but I can't take it anymore. And I'm not even sure I need it. I give it to you. And I give it all to you. I give these thoughts to you. I give this worry to you. I give these fears. I give those memories in the painful past. I give them to you and I, I detach myself from them. So easy to get caught up in the drama of life in unhealthy ways. And all of a sudden we get caught up and entangled up and then we're unable to see clearly and set boundaries and respond in life to God freely. The word detachment means to be untangled. Stepping out of the quagmire, it means peeling apart the Velcro by which a person, a relationship, a crisis, or a global issue has attached itself to you or you to it. 
You ever get hit with something and it feels like it just stuck like Velcro and you're carrying it and you're carrying it and no matter how much you want to, it's hard to release it because you wouldn't know where to put it and you wouldn't know who to give it to. Detachment means getting some healthy distance. Benevolent refers to the necessary kind of detachment because we're not talking about cynicism or resignation. Listen to this. Benevolence is about kindness. It means doing something in love. Jesus invites us into this way of living where we are genuinely comfortable turning things over to Him. Listen to this scripture in Matthew 11.28 as I wrap this up. Jesus is calling out to you today and this is what He's saying. Are you tired? I am. Not just physically tired. Physically tired is one thing, but there's a whole nother tired when it comes to emotional weariness. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? System of rules. He says, if that's you, then come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. There's many people today that you're in that zone right now and you're watching online and you say, man, I feel like I've lost my life. This situation, these people, these circumstances, this addiction, this fear, this depression, I don't even feel like I'm living my life right now. I feel like I'm living some crazy life. Come get away with me and you'll recover your true life. He said, for then I'll show you how to take a real rest. He says, walk with me and work with me. I'll be your example. Watch how I do it. I love this portion. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. For I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. For keeping company with me, you'll learn to live light and freely. I like the Passion translation of this. He says, are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. Listen to this. I will, Jesus will, the the living fountain will refresh your life for I am an oasis. Four weeks ago, I talked to you about camels and how they're traders. And I shared with you a simple illustration about camels, man, they can go across deserts hundreds and hundreds of miles carrying thousands of pounds of loads, including us, And they give no indication that they're about to give up. There's no low on water meter on a camel. They just all of a sudden sit down and in a moment's time they die. They die from what? They die from dehydration. And I challenged you a few weeks ago about making sure that you're checking your hydration spiritually. Making sure that your soul is being replenished each and every day so you have the energy to journey across whatever desert he calls you to. And here he is saying, for I am your oasis. The NLT, the New Living Translation says, let me teach you. For many of us, we've never done this before. I'll be honest with you, I've never been a pastor of a church before. I want him to teach me. 
I've never been through a pandemic before. I've never been married before. I've never had kids before. I've never felt the amount of stress that I feel right now. But here's the great thing. I have the master teacher. And he says, because I'm humble and gentle in heart, he said, you will find rest for your, for your soul. Now, I think it's appropriate that we finish this series today. We close out this group of messages with a time of worship and a time of surrender. Or better yet, the way John put it was benevolent detachment. That we would take some time to practice getting our thought life untangled. See, for many of us, we're simply weary because we're carrying too much baggage from our past. And today is your day to unload your burdens and your cares. Others, you've been entangled in drama and strife. And today's your day to let go and move forward in peace. For many of us, fear, anxiety, and depression have gripped us and stuck to us like Velcro. And through the power of the Holy Spirit today, you can detach from that. 1 Peter 5, verse 7, out of the Amplified Classic says, Casting the whole of your care. Not a piece of your care. It's not like, Lord, I'll just give you this one thing. He said, the whole of your care. Listen, all of your anxieties, all, if I say all, all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for. Listen to this, he says, cast them on him, for he cares for you affectionately, and he cares about you watchfully. This verse doesn't say that your cares aren't important. I've tried to share feelings with people, my thoughts, my emotions, my pain, only to be discouraged and say, that ain't no big deal, man, get over it. Well, wait a second, These, this is my life. This is what I'm walking through. Who are you to say that to? Jesus says it just the opposite. He said, cast your care on me because I care for you. What he's saying here is, your cares are important to you, they're important to me. They may not be important to your spouse or your neighbor or your friend or your coworker, but man, if that's important and that's weighing you down, if that's a concern in your life, then it's important to me as your father. And this is what he says, if you'll cast your cares on me, I'll actually do the caring for you. He's taking the portion of responsibility of those things and doing the caring for for you. Augustine said we must empty ourselves of all that fills us so that we may be filled with what we are empty of. Today I want to ask you, would you stand to your feet with me? And can, we can we take a few minutes and close this service out by casting our burdens on Him, casting your cares on Him. Today release your faith, release your words today. Maybe for you, you need to do something different today. And I want to encourage you to do something different today. I grew up in a church where we got out of our seats and we came to the altar for specific things. By getting out of your seat, it meant that I, I, was, I was moving away from everybody else and I was getting personal with 
God my Father. I was going to meet with Him. And I know we don't do this all the time, but I want to do this today. Maybe you're here and you're burdened down. Maybe you are weary. Maybe you're broken. Maybe you're hurt. Maybe you're just stressed out. Maybe you're worn out. Maybe you've got fear. Maybe you've got anxiety. Maybe there's depression trying to hold you back. Maybe there's a toxic relationship that's, that's crippling you. I want to tell you this today. Practice with us for a few minutes this benevolent detachment. Get out of your seat and worship God. People ask me, different times in my life, I don't understand the hands. Like, why do you guys lift your hands? Maybe you've never been in a church like this. And you wonder that too, because you look around during worship, like, what are, they, what are they doing? This is weird. There's nothing weird about it. We're just saying, Lord, we surrender to you. I'm releasing everything that I'm holding, and I'll release it all to you today. And my hands are open because I want you to know I'm not holding on to anything. And I raise my hands as a sign of surrender to let him know if there's something you want to put in me, I'll take it with me right now. And maybe today you've never raised your hands and, and you released anything. It's a simple act of faith to say, hey, Lord, I surrender. I magnify you. I magnify you. What does magnification do? It makes something look bigger than it really is. Some of us need to magnify the Lord with our words today and, and make Him bigger than our problems are. We spend all week talking about the drama and the pain and the hurt, and we share it and we share it and we share it, and it brings us down and we wonder why we're worn out. Today, turn your affection to Him and magnify the Lord. Let Him know that He's bigger than any situation. So Lord, today, right now, right now, Lord, we come we choose to meet with you, Lord, as the worship team sings. Lord, we surrender. We practice this benevolent detachment. And we release it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen.